this phone is wirelessly chargeable, so you can put it on a wirelessly charger, but this phone is also a wireless charger for other devices. So if I swipe down into my settings and I turn on wireless power share and I put something that's wirelessly chargeable, for example, my iPhone XS Max with the battery case, if I put that on there, it's charging. You are charging an iPhone with a Galaxy. Correct. You that can is crazy. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Starless and Paco is off this week, but it's great to be back here with you, Andrew. In the hot seat. That's right. Right here in the driver's seat, That's I like right. to say. Oh, yeah. Uh, Passenger. Coming, coming, no, no, not at all. Come on. <laughs> people who listen to this show know that's not the case. Coming up, we are going to be talking about all of the announcements of the new smartphones, including the new, new foldable phones, yes. which, Andrew, I am highly skeptical of, and I'm going to leave it to you to convince me that these phones that fold are really even worth my time and attention. Wow, that's a, that's a big task. Let alone my money. <laughs> right, a lot of money. <laughs> Microsoft has a new HoloLens, and mm-hmm. Samsung just came out with the, the new Galaxy Buds, which we've got here on the table, in addition to the, the You're S10. You're more excited about the Buds <laughs> than the actual device. Who cares about phones? We do have days. an S10 Plus here in-house as well. I've been using it for about six days now. I can give some impressions on it as well. So, Andrew, i got to say before we jump in. Yeah. I just had a really fascinating tech experience. I went to Walt Disney World for the first oh, time. Nice, nice. And uh, I was fascinated by a number of things there, but okay. among them, the the magic bands, the, the wristbands that you wear that give you access to basically everything yeah. from your hotel room to the to the fast pass lines at the, the rides. Buying food. Everything. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that I was most struck by was the fingerprint readers that you use when you go into the park. And yeah. I, I realize this is not new at Walt Disney World. They shifted to this a while back. But for me, it was fascinating. I walked up there and I was a little unsettled mm-hmm. by the idea. I did not actually know that that was going to be yeah. part of the entry pri- price of admission, basically, okay. was your digital identity. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I said to them, do, do I have to do this? Mm-hmm. Do, do I have to do this? And the look that I got, it was they like, were annoyed. Oh, it this was is like another one of these guys. Yeah. Oh, oh no, you're one of them. Mm. Okay, and so I and they just said yes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, if you want to come into our park, give us your fingerprint. Do, do you feel comfortable with Disney having? Well, you know, I never thought about it. like I've been there and I've done my finger, but I just did it without even thinking. Like, okay, do this. All right, put your finger there. Okay, come on in. I never thought about it until you mentioned it before we started the show today. Like, wait a minute, that's that is kind of weird. Like, because sometimes they also get a picture of you, so you get a picture oh, yeah. of you on their phones, and then they take your fingerprints. Now they have your name, they have your address, they have your face, they have your finger. Like, this is crazy. I was reading on the plane ride home all of these conspiracy theories about the CIA and mm-hmm. Walt Disney, which tied everything together for me. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm, wow. At any rate, that's a whole other show. That's crazy. So you were, you've were you been busy as well. You, yes. You were at the Samsung unveiling. Yeah, uh, Samsung uh, Unpacked uh, a few days ago. I went down to San Francisco for the, I never know, if, if is it the launch or is it an announcement? Is launch like the launch day when it comes out? Because some people say, oh, it's at the launch. I like to say unveiling. The unveiling. All yes. right. I was down there for the unveiling of the new Samsung Galaxy Fold, the Galaxy S10 lineup. Um, Galaxy Buds, as you saw as well. We'll be talking about all that later. Um, I thought it was very interesting. It was the first time that I walked out of any unveiling feeling that Apple is playing catch-up 
to someone else. Okay, so that takes us right into our first topic, which, which is, is the S10 Plus. The S10 Plus. So tell us about this phone. We've got it right here. Yeah. We'll go ahead and hold So there's a lot about this phone. We're not going to be able to go into every single thing about this. This isn't a full review, but there's a couple of cool features. Uh, First of all, the in-display fingerprint reader. So you don't see a home button on here. You should just hold it still. But, but there is an in-display fingerprint reader on the front. And you can even use it when the phone is off. Mm. Not powered off, but when the screen is off. You just place your finger in the right place and you you open up right to your homepage. This has been one of those kind of holy grail kind of things that people have been talking about ever since um, we've been seeing things like Face ID go away, Touch ID, rather Touch ID go away. And so people have been saying if we're losing bezels, that means we're losing the area to where we can use a fingerprint reader. People have been wanting in-display fingerprint readers for a while now, and this is the first ultrasonic fingerprint sensor, which means that it's taking a 3D capture of your fingerprint. So other in-display fingerprint readers currently just kind of take a 2D picture, so it's not as secure. Samsung is the first one to build in a th- it's capturing 3D model of your fingerprint and letting you into your phone, which means it's very secure. Um, so that's number one. Really cool to see that. Again, minimal bezels, and you can still use your fingerprint. You don't have to do the whole, you know, the face ID. Oh, it didn't work. I got to move it back, move it forward. Because some people say they still have issues with face ID. Um, I personally don't feel that it's a big deal. Um, I actually have found, now this is this device is not coming out until March 8th, so that means they'll probably do a couple of software updates between now and then. I have found the fingerprint reader to be a little finicky, mm. um, at least knowing where to put the finger. I'm, I'm assuming that's what it is because there's no indication. You just have to kind of have muscle memory to know where your finger goes. Um, but other than that, it's cool to see in-display fingerprint reader that doesn't it doesn't you know mess with your viewing of the display at all. Second feature that I think is super cool. This might be my favorite feature. Have you seen wireless power share? You know no. about this? Let's let's hear. All right, wireless power share. Let me go back into the phone. This phone is wirelessly chargeable, so you can put it on a wirelessly charger. But this phone is also a wireless charger for other devices. So if I swipe down into my settings and I turn on wireless power share, make sure I did that. Did I do it right? I didn't see it turn on. Wireless power share. All right, wireless power share is on. If I place this down here and I put something that's wirelessly chargeable, for example, my iPhone XS Max with the battery case, if I put that on there, it's charging. You are charging an iPhone with a Galaxy. Correct. You that can charge is crazy. any Qi compatible device. Okay, that was going to be my question. What, what is Qi the standard? Compatible is device. Qi now basically the, the de facto standard? Yes, ever since Apple announced Qi compatibility, it's like everyone's gone yeah. down that direction. Now, there is a Huawei phone that also does wireless charging, but it's like limited. It's not just for any Qi device. So these Galaxy Buds that we were, we're going to talk a little bit more about, you can take these... No, they're not in there. What happened, Andrew? Did you leave them at I home? took them out of the box. They're not in there. They're not in there. However, you can put those on here, too, and those will also wirelessly charge. They're at home. They're at home. They're, they're not in here. So You can see on the box, though, what they look like. Well, that ruins my plan to test them. <laughs> my apologies. My, we can still talk about them. We can't test them. But... It's cool that you're able to use a phone as a wireless charger. So the the one caveat here, or I mean, it's a safety feature, really. 
um, it can use it can wirelessly charge until the battery drops to thirty percent. Mm. Once it hits thirty percent, it turns off that feature yep. because it doesn't want you to kill this phone trying to charge something else. So th- th- those are two things that two have features. not been on other smartphones. I mean, that Correct. is basically something that's brand new. Yeah, brand new. What else? I mean, because really the the issue with smartphones now is it's kind of like a whole hum. Triple camera. Triple camera. Triple there it camera. is on the back. Triple camera on back, double camera on front. So huh. you've got two cameras there. And instead of doing a notch, they just do a little cutout. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a little like, display cutout. So what's the advantage of three in the back, two in the front? So three in the back... Let me show you right now. I'm going to open the camera, and let's say we're pointing it here at, at our viewers. Let me just go into regular photo. So you can see there's a regular photo there. Mm-hmm. I can go a little bit wider, and then I can go with oh. the ultra-wide, like your actual 130, I think it's 133-degree field of view, which is similar to the field of view of your actual eyes. So you have three different you know, zoom levels for your camera, and then two cameras on the front is to make things like portrait mode better, or if you have more people in a selfie, you have an ultra-wide now. So you can fit everybody in without having to like grow. I don't have long arms. I'm not a tall guy. So when I have a lot of people in a selfie, I have to usually hand my phone to someone else to, to have them take the picture. So now you can just go into ultra-wide mode on front, fit everybody in. There are some people who would say that's actually a benefit because then you're not taking as many selfies. <laughs> we all love taking selfies. Group it's selfies. the selfie generation right now, and Samsung recognizes that with the S. 10. Interesting. Okay. So this is in some ways an example of what you were saying, where they're jumping out ahead of Apple and you feel like Apple is somewhat playing catch up? Yeah. Well, there's so obviously each company has different priorities. Um, Samsung has the S10e, which starts at 749, which matches the iPhone 10R at 749. However, Samsung's base storage, the lowest storage you can get now is 128 gigs. Mm. Apple still starts at 64. So for the same price, you're getting twice the storage. The Galaxy S10e also has two rear cameras instead of three rear cameras, but it's still one more camera than a 10R has. So Samsung is really trying, and it has an OLED display, a high-resolution OLED display, where the 10R has the LCD lower-resolution display. Um, Apple has the fastest processor in the world, though. Samsung can't touch the speed of Apple's phones right now. So it's like there's where are the where do the priorities lie for what I would consider to be like the mainstream features that the average person would look at and say, "Oh wow, Samsung I think has more of that right now." Cuz most people aren't looking at the iPhone saying, "Oh wow, the A12 chip." Right. No one who knows what an A12 chip is, right? Unless you're like a into technology or you're like a geeky person. Most people say, oh, wow, this has two cameras and that one has one camera. Yep. This has 128 gigs of storage. This one has 64. Holy cow, look that. what I can do. I can charge another yes, device. I can charge another this. device with my phone. So that that is where that's not exactly where I felt Samsung was taking the lead, although I think they are a little bit. We're going to talk later about the foldable devices, and that's where I really feel like when you walk out, you're like, even if this isn't great, someone is taking the first step here, and it's Samsung. Interesting. So we'll talk about that in our next segment. But yeah, so far, I've been using the S10 for about six days, as I said, and it's it's very nice. So this is not yet out. It will that be comes out on March 8th. March 8th. Okay. Yeah. And approximate pricing? So the... S10e starts at 749. The S10 is 899, and the S10 Plus, which is this one here, is 999. And then they also have the S10 5G coming, 
which they did not announce a price for. They said it's coming in the first half of this year. So sometime in the between now and let's say June 30th, because that would be the cutoff, right, for the first half of the year, we'll be seeing a Verizon exclusive version of the S10 5G, hmm. which has a 6.7 inch display, four cameras, one of which is a 3D depth sensing camera for things like AR, 5G capability, and then sometime. This is this is their this is their timeline. I'm not sure if I'm believing that it's going to happen. Sometime still before the end of the first half, we'll see the 5G launch on the other carriers in the U.S. So AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, and Xfinity Wireless. Um, when you buy the phone, will you have 5G around you to connect to? That's another story. So they had to add more features to the phone to make it a more premium phone rather than just the 5G connection. So that's why it has the extra camera, the bigger screen, et cetera. And then, of course, after that comes 6G. I don't know if you've been listening. Donald to the, Trump is yeah, hoping, hey, briefing. we need to hurry up with 6G. Now, here's the thing. For people that don't know, like when you, when you graduate to a new G, if you will, a, a new generation of wireless, it usually takes a decade. So 4G was about 10 years ago. 3G was about 10 years before that. So 6G is probably something we're going to see around 2029 or 2030. Trump would like to see us fast forward that to 2020. Hey, it's going to happen. Can, can we do it? Yes. Okay. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about the buds. Let's talk about the Galaxy, the Galaxy buds. buds. So, uh, you know, I, I am a big fan of the AirPods. Yes. How do these compare to the AirPods? They, they com- in my own opinion, they compare almost almost the same. Um, you put them in, they have a very similar pair, initial pairing process where the little card comes up on your device and says, do you want to connect to this? You say yes. Um, the difference is mostly visual, where the AirPods have like the little stem that comes out of your ear, and the Galaxy Buds are more of like, it goes in your ear, but it's just like a, it doesn't hang out. It just goes I in like your that. ear and stays there. A little, um, little lower profile, more discreet. It's not obvious that you're walking around. Well, as I've said, they're bulkier though. Like they cover the whole ear hole. Okay. You know what I mean? It's a bulkier. So both of them you can see. I don't know why you're so against people knowing you're wearing <laughs> AirPods. That's very weird to me. I know. I know. <laughs> like you don't have a problem with people seeing you wearing regular headphones, I assume. No, because those come with the device. They're, so, <laughs> oh, so it's not the look. It's about it's the about, fact that you purchased yes, something uh, extra. Okay. Now, okay. speaking of price, though, the buds are actually less, correct? They're yes, they are. in the range of what 130 are they? 120, Yeah, I think they're 120, $129. Yeah. Yes. And something that Apple doesn't do also, which Samsung is doing, during the pre-order period, which is active right now, if you pre-order a Galaxy S10 or S10 Plus, you get these for free. Whoa. Okay. They just come with it. That's nice. Like, can you imagine Apple saying pre-orders go live on Friday, and if you pre-order before launch, you get free AirPods? So that takes care of all my problem because people might assume they'll be savvy enough to see the buds in, in my ears and say, That's, oh, oh, he, he got them. Pay for right, those. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> now, my friend Jeremy Judkins had a cool idea. I don't know if I told you about this one, where if you're wearing AirPods, you just take another pair of headphones and put them over the top. You did tell me about this, and I think yes. it's stupid. It's, it, what was funny is, though, he's like, like these Sennheisers cost twice as much as the AirPods, but no <laughs> No one knows that, so you put those on, and people don't think you're rich as you're walking around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or, Shout out or, to Jeremy. Or wasteful. The waste. It's more waste. Why is it not, wasteful? Not, not affluent. Every, that means anything is wasteful. Then why do you have a mouse with your computer when there's a trackpad there? That's wasteful. Uh, that's a whole other issue. Because <laughs> trackpads on Windows machines are terrible. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Basically, that's why. That's <laughs> All right. So that is the new Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus. Yes. And the new Samsung Galaxy Buds. Right. The Buds, uh, are they available now? They, they launched the same day, yeah. which is March 8th. Very cool. 
coming up, we're going to be talking about something that's even further out in terms of the technology, mm-hmm. and that is the Samsung Fold. Galaxy Fold. Yes. Yes. That's coming up right after the break. You're listening to Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. It's time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. It's Todd Bishop here with Andrew Edwards. People, if they haven't already checked this out, should check out Andrew's other show, Mm -hmm. Technically Speaking. Yes, Technically Speaking is the show where I talk about the best tech for people who are traveling. So if you're a business traveler, the show is definitely for you because you're traveling all the time. But even if you're just traveling for vacation or leisure, like Todd was doing, heading down to Disney World, Technically Speaking has your answer. I tell you all the tech you need to bring with you for fun, for leisure, and to make travel more efficient. Very cool. What Any any kind of uh, latest products that you've been talking about there that you'd want to... Actually, the, one of the latest ones was um, it's a water bottle that... It purifies your water using some sort of ultraviolet light as you're walking around and reminds you to drink. Because nice. a lot of times when you're like on like a vacation, sure. you're running around and you're like not staying hydrated. So it's a, it's a water bottle that uses tech to send you a notification to remind you, hey, you haven't been hydrating for a while, so make sure to take a sip of water. Nice. So you can yeah. check that out on Technically Speaking. Find that at the nationalcar.com control center or youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. Big thanks to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. And the National Car Rental Story of the Week is? We are talking about the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Galaxy Fold. Foldable phones. Foldable phones are here. I, I They're here. A, I, this was it's mere, crazy. merely it's a sort of a, a figment of our, our, our imagination mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago, right. or a few months ago, when this was first discussed. Right. And there they were being unveiled. And I was, I was shocked. So, Genuinely. Genuinely shocked. So this was in Barcelona, Spain at Mobile, Mobile World Congress. No, no. The, the Galaxy Fold was announced at the same event as it the was. S10. It was. So you unpacked. got to see it in person. You didn't get to get your hands on it. We got to see it from the stage. Okay. They never. They didn't even have it in a hands-on area. They didn't have it behind glass. It was not there for, like to see up close. But it is at Mobile World Congress to see up close behind glass. Um, so explain this device. And there's another one, too, that we're going to talk about. The Huawei Mobile. Mate 10. Yeah. So for people who have Mate not 10, seen Mate this, X, one of the two. trying to wrap their heads around it, what what would you say is the main appeal? Well, it's hard to say what the appeal is right now because other than it being a new device category, it's a display that can bend and fold, which we really haven't seen ever. Usually if you bend the display, it breaks. So these displays, these new displays can be folded and, and manipulated without damage to the displays at all. Um the allure is supposed to be that you can basically carry around a tablet in your pocket. In other words, it is sort of like a candy bar phone mm-hmm. in its folded up state, and it's on the exterior of, of that version of it. It's essentially a, a phone. Right, right. And, and then you open it up. Depending on which which manufacturer, um, Samsung has theirs to where on the outside, if it's folded, you have a thin display and on the back of the fold, you have the camera, like the back of any other smartphone. And then you open it up, and on the inside is a second display, um, which is, I believe it was 7.9 inches, somewhere around there. If you look at Huawei's Mate X, what they're doing is the fold, instead of folding inward like a book, it folds outward. So the full the full display folds in half, and then on the outside you have kind of two displays that are essentially the same displays, just correct folded. Yes. So 
it's new, it's different, it allows people to have a bigger form factor device that's easier to carry around. Um, what I'm not sure of is, are either of these devices something that people are going to want to carry around? Um, because first of all, they both run Android, which is the only reason I say that is because Samsung's making a hardware with someone else's software. So Samsung has to rely on Google to allow the software to kind of bend to their will. And if Google's not, you know, as caught up or on board with here's a new form factor and here's this new folding mechanism, then they're using software that's not optimized for the hardware. Same thing with Huawei. Whereas with Apple, for example, who makes their own software, if Apple announced a foldable, you would know they were optimizing iOS specifically for a folding interface. So I'm not sure how that's going to go right now, or at least when this ships in two months. I expected to see this like next year. Um, they're also very expensive. So the Samsung Galaxy Fold, $1,980 in the U.S., that's likely for the that's for the entry level model. There will be a five G version. There'll be versions with more memory. So two grand so, for a phone. Two grand for a phone. And and just a year ago, everybody was mad at Apple for a thousand nine ninety nine. What is this nine ninety nine for a phone? This bargain. is crazy. It's a bargain. That's what it is. Now we've got two thousand dollars <laughs> for a phone that I don't know if it will work as well as the phone you currently have in your pocket today, other than being being able to do a cool trick. So is it a gimmick or is it actually adding something to your life? Now, when they did the demos and they showed like, you know, you're on the small screen outside, you're looking for an address, you open it up and the map is nice and big or scrolling through like Instagram or Facebook where the pictures are nice and large and rich instead of on a smaller display. That's cool. But it's cool when you're watching someone do it on video. Is it cool in practice or is it going to be frustrating? I don't know. So what do we know about how, how close these devices are to market? Samsung is launching the Galaxy Fold in uh, April. Okay. So we're about two months away. Yep. Which, which again, is, it blows my mind. Like, regardless of how, whether it's a good device or not, here's, I have to give Samsung credit for stepping out and saying, we made a foldable display, foldable OLED display. We're putting it in hardware. We're making the hardware as premium as we can, and we're shipping this in April. That is impressive, especially from a company that has had some high-profile failures right. in the past. When right. you look at the Samsung Galaxy Note Seven, Am I right? For example, right yes, yes, that was that was the whole yeah. battery thing. So obviously, that's a completely different technology, but it's impressive that they're stepping back up and doing something that's bold and and risky. Right, and you know you can't really hate on them for the price. I know it's expensive. It's as much as a, a high-quality laptop. However, their first market. How many people out there have a foldable phone? I would say zero. So you're going to be one of the first to have a new product category. You can expect to pay. Like the first MacBook Air that came out was a terrible machine. It got it overheated. It was uh, it got hot. It was it was but it was thin, right? And it lost all sorts of ports. And Apple shipped it. I believe it was like three thousand dollars. It wasn't the MacBook Air that we have today, but it was because you're getting this ultra thin Mac. It was the first in the product category, and you have to pay for you know for the privilege basically of getting access to this new technology, and the, you know, so that's another thing where I felt like I you walk out and you're like, how is Apple going to respond to this? Because great product or not, everyone's attention is on this right now. Everyone is looking at this and saying this is the future well, of smartphones. To your point earlier about Apple, 
it seems like a lot of their innovation right now is focused under the hood. And one yes. of the most recent reports that came out was that they're looking at shifting to ARM processors for mm-hmm. the Mac, and that would make it easier for developers to build apps across devices, right. which has sort of been the holy grail for a long time. The idea that you make one app and it runs across smartphones, tablets, computers. and computers. But to your point, that doesn't seem like the kind of thing that's going to drive some big new wave of sales right no or interest whereas with the foldable phones and and to be clear a lot of people have a foldable phone they're they're flip phone flip phone a lot of people have those because i don't see those anywhere well okay well i I, you know not in the circles you run in but in the rest (laughs) of the world people people and i'm just saying it's the it's a foldable screen that's the real right foldable display yes so but to me with the foldable display that is truly a, a big move and the type of thing that isn't just under the hood it's something that's going to get a lot of attention yeah it's going to get a lot of attention and it's you know when you look at like science fiction yeah. you know if you look at a uh, westworld you ever watch westworld yeah. Yeah. all right you know how they have like the triple fold thing that just right. they have the computer it just folds like we're approaching that now obviously this is gen one it's going to be thicker it's almost like back in the day when you had like the huge cell phone right this brick cell phone and now we have this yeah that's what we're seeing here. Like, obviously, the first gen of these foldables is going to be a little strange, but I think go- at least they're taking the first step. And going forward, Gen two, Gen three, I think it will be something that you know people are going to be switching over to. Now, the other of these devices is the Mate ten. Mate ten, yeah, from Huawei. From Huawei, which is the telecom company and smartphone maker based in China. Yes, which is at the center of a lot of issues. It's crazy uh, international intrigue right. between the U.S. and China, uh, especially as we talk about the future of 5G. There are real questions about Huawei's role in building out right. next generation wireless networks in, especially uh, developing parts of the world and yeah. and U.S. allies. Are we going to see the Mate 10 in the U.S.? No. Yeah, it's not shipping in the U.S. Right, but I mean, you can order it. You know, nowadays you can get your hands on anything, so you order it from you know wherever it is available through Alibaba or whatever. You'll be able to get one. Go on eBay. Someone will have one. You're gonna get one. I Am I gonna get a Mate 10, Mate X, whatever they're calling it? I don't know. I'll, I'll reach out to Huawei and see. But um, I'll, like, it is I'll, weird. I'll get my magic band to uh, sort of <laughs> inform the CIA that you've got a Huawei. Right, exactly. Device. Um, it, you know, a lot of uh, tech fans don't. They, they kind of give Huawei a pass for all of these crazy things that are going on. It's hard for me to want to recommend a Huawei device when there's so much going on inter- like internationally where the U.S. and a lot of European countries are like, we have a lot of proof that you're trying to steal our trade secrets and trying to infiltrate us, so we're not going to allow you in. Um, but a lot of people are like, it looks cool, though. I want it because it looks cool. I don't know. And I have to say, I like the approach that they're taking where it's the same screen. It's not like you close it up and there's an exterior screen. You fold it over and it's the same screen just split in half. Yes. I like that approach from Huawei. Now, one thing about these devices that I am not sure how I feel about, I have to get it in my hand, is obviously if you're folding a display, you're not folding glass, right? Mm -hmm. Glass doesn't bend, which means, you know, we're used to phones that have glass, like high quality glass covering the screen. We're going back to plastic now. Plastic is what's going to bend, not glass. And in some of these uh, shots, you can see the plastic creasing Hmm. as you're doing the fold and unfold. And that just doesn't look great to me. Like, obviously, they're not shipping yet, so they may still be working on this. But 
plastic is not as high quality as glass, and plastic scratches. So when you close the Galaxy Fold, you're protecting it from the elements, and when you fold the Mate 10 or the Mate X, whatever it is, you're just leaving your plastic screen to the elements. Is it the 10 or the X? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't watch their introduction. Okay. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's the 10 because Huawei likes to copy Apple quite a bit. So, yeah. All right. So those are the two new foldable phones that were just unveiled this past week. No. So how do you feel, though? Do I, you want a foldable phone? And you've, do you want to, what do you won think me Apple's... over a little bit. You've okay. won me over a little bit with the, just the notion of being able to carry both a phone and a tablet in your pocket. How do you think Apple should respond? How should they respond how, or how, how will they how respond? How do you think they should respond? Well, if they haven't been working on a foldable screen, then they should just come up with some other innovation that they should do. I, I don't I don't necessarily think that there's... Well, maybe this could be a shot in the arm for the iPad. Mm. You know, they, they could essentially take iOS and... A little foldable iPad? Do what you're saying. I mean, that the iPad has pretty much flattened out in terms of its sales and interest uh, in a lot of markets around the country. Mm-hmm. And so maybe this could be something that could give new life to the iPad. But if they don't have the technology in-house, that's where Samsung has a lot of advantages, right? Yeah. Apple, with the shift to more services, yeah. like the next event that's coming um, in about a month is going to be focused on TV and news services platforms. Do you think a heavy focus on services with less reliance on hardware could turn around to bite them. It, well, it's not Apple's historic approach. Right. The whole idea has been a lot of great hardware innovation, and it's always felt like they've been just a little bit one step behind on some of the software, mm-hmm. some of the apps in particular. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I think that they essentially need to focus on their strengths, and, uh, you know, uh, hardware has been the thing that has made them stand out, at least for me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, like, it's kind of a confusing question, right? So that's why I said, like, when I left, I was like, how does Apple respond? Like, usually I would feel like, for the most part, because Samsung also does some pretty interesting stuff every now and then, but usually for the most part, I feel like, okay, Apple is the leader and Samsung is playing catch up to what they're doing. Um, And that feeling completely flipped after this latest event where I was like, I don't know how Apple's going to respond to this because Samsung is taking the lead in hardware innovation right now. We're going to take a quick break here on Geared Up. When we come back, Microsoft's HoloLens 2 and the future of augmented reality. You're listening to Geared Up, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Geared Up. It's Todd Bishop. Andrew Edwards here. So amid all of these unveilings of phones and earbuds, Mm -hmm. Microsoft unveiled a new HoloLens. New HoloLens, yes. Have you, did you try out the first HoloLens? Did you I get used, a chance? I used the first HoloLens actually at a GeekWire event. I think it was a GeekWire really? bash. And was interesting because it was used by a real estate company. You put the HoloLens on and they show you like different condos in a building. So you look, you put the HoloLens on, you see the full building, and then you walk up to it, and then you like reach out and you pull out basically a little drawer, and that drawer is actually a unit inside of the building. Mm-hmm. And then you can look inside, expand it out, and like give yourself a little tour of the building. So the HoloLens is augmented reality. Yes. As opposed to virtual reality, which puts you into a world that's entirely of that world. Augmented reality puts objects on the world, the, the real world, around yes. you. And so that's what the HoloLens is. Microsoft just this past week unveiled the new version, HoloLens 2. Big picture, it's more comfortable 
a little uh, cheaper, mm-hmm. uh, $3,500 compared to 5000 Okay. A little uh, cheaper, starting, but still little, it's pretty expensive. That's more expensive than a Galaxy Fold. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it, it also has uh, support for things like Mozilla, Firefox. So okay. you can basically get out of the Microsoft ecosystem, better recognition of gestures. The thing with this is, though, it, it is still very much... Uh, enterprise device. And when I say enterprise, I mean, this is meant for factories and businesses and for real estate companies that Hmm. want to show you their demo. At that price point, and based on the way Microsoft is targeting it, the the first use of HoloLens is going to continue to be commercial applications. People in factory floors who need to identify objects. But at the HoloLens unveiling, Epic Games came out on stage. And they've actually made the Unreal Engine, which powers many games, right. work with HoloLens. Okay. So there is the potential, based on what developers do, that this could become a really interesting gaming device as well. But that That's is interesting. clearly not Microsoft's focus. And this, this fits into a much bigger picture thing for Microsoft, where they've very much doubled down on their history in business applications, and that's their strength. They've got this huge Salesforce yeah. partner ecosystem that can pump this stuff out there. And it's interesting because they're just not competing directly with Magic Leap. Or Why not? Like, if you could plug this into, like, your Xbox One X and, like, have some sort of interesting gaming experience. Well, now, there are third-party headsets that use... Windows holographic, if I'm okay. remembering it correctly. So you can get these from other places, including VR headsets. Um, so I think that's their approach, is to take this high-end, first-party flagship device, keep it at a very high price point, tons of features, basically the kind of thing that you would get if you were a business, and then let the, the partners do. That seems very weird for a business. Maybe I'm not thinking of the right applications, but... What businesses do you work in, like in a factory where you're walking around with a HoloLens on? Like, oh, what are you doing? Okay, so d- good example. You're looking at, um, so say you're in an airplane cockpit. Yep. Or you're on a factory floor and you've got, you're looking at a piece of machinery. Essentially, the device could augment all sorts of things around you and say, okay, that's the button you need to push when the nuclear reactor starts to melt down okay. and you need to save the world. Just wow. to use one example. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, but that's the idea. Uh, with the first generation HoloLens, one of my favorite examples was the plumber or the electrician who was basically in another location yeah. on annotating things on a tablet. And then somebody who didn't know what they were doing basically was able to see those annotations oh, wow. in the air, basically in front of them through yeah. the HoloLens. And so you start to think about that, and you think, oh, like remote training or remote guidance. There's lots of different things that this could be used for in a business setting. This is very interesting, because one of the things with 5G, as 5G is approaching, one example they gave was you can, a doctor can perform surgery from across the world. So you can be, you know, laying in bed in Japan, and the best doctor for this surgery is in Ohio, and with such low latency and high speed... And AR, the doctor can perform a surgery from Ohio while you sit or lay asleep in Japan. So I'd assume this is kind of something that would be there as well. And keep in mind who owns Skype. Microsoft, yeah. That's right. So a lot of their demos and their applications in HoloLens have been based on that kind of telepresence Mm -hmm. approach. 
Bottom line, the answer to your question, why are they doing more of the enterprise focus than the consumer focus? It's less competitive. They're zigging while others are zagging. And there's more money there. Okay. You're looking at businesses with giant budgets as opposed to trying to basically build a business yeah. from $350 purchases by individual consumers. Sure, sure. So Magic Leap is playing in that field. It seems like it, yeah. In a way. But I just remember when the Microsoft showed off HoloLens, like initially yeah. it was like a big monster crashing through your window yeah. or through your wall and you're trying to shoot it. And so I was when I heard HoloLens 2, I was like, oh, we're going to get more like cool gaming experiences and it doesn't that's not that's not what they're optimizing for no but i did forget to mention probably the most interesting upgrade in hololens 2 one of the biggest complaints about the first hololens was the field of view yes and when i tried this i remember thinking it was basically like looking through a portal yeah into the world yeah, as opposed a little to being tiny. immersed into yeah. it it's like basically holding a maybe a seven or ten inch tablet a few inches away from your face right as opposed to being immersed in the world this has essentially doubled the field of view. Okay, that's good. So that that is another advantage of this device. To me, this is Microsoft keeping its you know its foot in the game. Microsoft basically. the way Microsoft right yes. here. So going back to Apple for a minute. So we were talking about Samsung. Yeah. Kind of eclips, eclipsing Apple in the hardware space, at least as it pertains to the last event. We've heard rumblings of Apple working on AR. They've they've for talked years. about AR for years. They have VR. AR built in, VR. Well, AR, AR, like in the phones and in the tablets, yeah. AR built in. There. Yeah, and yeah. yes. So the big rumor is they're working on some sort of glasses. They're working on some sort of car. Um, all of these things that people are, they're working on this new thing, but where is it? Is it is this, What is what do you if Apple were to release something yeah. that they haven't released before this year or show it off this year? Do you think it's going to be a foldable device, an AR? Something with a car see, or none of the above. See, I look at what Oculus did, what Facebook did with the Oculus Go, and I say, what would have happened if Apple had done that? In other words, mm -hmm. gotten away from being tethered to a machine mm -hmm. and also gotten away from the idea of having to snap your smartphone into this thing to yeah. make it work. Fully self-contained, connected, virtual reality device. If right. that had been Apple instead with tie-ins to... AR kit, the iPhone, I wonder if that could have been their iPhone moment or if it could have right. been the iPhone moment for virtual reality. Mm -hmm. So that's what I start to think about when you say, what should Apple do? Yeah. What could they do next? It feels like Apple is the master of coming in and saying, look at all these interesting areas. How can we actually do this right? Right. And that's when they've succeeded most. If you look at the iPhone, the yeah. Mac, to some extent Apple the iPad. Watch. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, AirPods. AirPods, right. Simple device that yeah. people love. So take that pattern and apply it to AR and VR. What do you think? What, what would they do? I don't know. I think I've never heard them talk about VR. Like Tim Cook is always talking so about just AR. AR. He loves AR so much. So okay. I, I'm thinking they're like they're going to compete with the magic leaps of the world. There's not that many of them. Magic leaps of the world where they're going to make something like a HoloLens, but for the consumer, not for business, and focus on experiences games etc but there have it like when you look at the rumor mill the apple rumor mill you're not seeing anything like this where it's like oh here's you know prototypes or anything like that it seems like it's still far away um now to be fair samsung with the galaxy fold that did not leak which is rare in this day and age usually everything leaks everyone knew all those s10 specs and features of what it looked like prior to the announcement and no one called that 
the Galaxy Fold the name. They never, no one called what it looked like, the feature set, etc. So they kept it on the wrap somehow. I'm just hoping, you know, I like to see com, com, uh, competition. I like to see competition in in the tech space. Do you think Apple could come out with some revolutionary new product in this day and age without it leaking? Man, you know, the things that, that Apple is able to maintain control over usually is the software. Yeah. So the software doesn't leak. I was actually the only one to ever leak a major software from Apple. What was that? It was me. iOS 1.1.4. Nice. Um, it was the first one that yeah, allowed 1. you- Yeah, 1.1.4, of course. No, it was, it was a big, it was a big, it was like the first major like feature update to the original iPhone. Yeah. Um, and it was over a Christmas break, so like their lawyers and stuff were not like in the office, and I didn't get any takedown requests or anything, and everybody said that I made it up because it was, I did a video showing all these new features, and I'm like, oh, he just faked that. That was like a demo he made. Um, and then Photoshop experts were coming, like writing articles saying, oh, here's why this is fake. And and then like three weeks later, Steve Jobs takes the stage, and it's exactly what I showed. Nice. So all these people that were experts in their fields saying how I was wrong had egg on their faces. Okay, so next up, you're going to be leaking the new Apple <laughs> I haven't leaked AR anything headset. since then. <laughs> um, but no, um, I want to see, you know, I don't know what they can do that wouldn't leak. I mean, everything seems to leak. Yeah. So, Except for Samsung. Maybe they need to get Samsung's lawyers. Right, or make something in-house. Know I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. All right. Well, it has been a whirlwind week. I feel like I have a much better grasp of things. <laughs> for now. For now. And uh, that's that's all we got. That's the show. All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Just a reminder, if you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Andrew's YouTube channel to see our live behind-the-scenes videos. You can do that at youtube.com slash gear live. You can also subscribe to uh, GeekWire's Facebook page. Do you subscribe to Facebook pages? You, you follow. You follow you Facebook. You follow or you hit like. Uh, Facebook.com <laughs> slash GeekWire. Uh, and if you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app. Just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you like what we do, consider leaving us a rating and a review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a GeekWire podcast. You can see more from us at GeekWire.com. Big shout out to Jim Valley for editing the show. That's right. And thanks to Keith. For thanks to Keith. Filling in on the live Keith stream. over here. All right. Hey, until next time, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Thanks for listening to Geared Up. <laughs>